Life is a roller coaster. I've had my share of ups and downs. I've had my ass kicked. Just a few examples. I've been shot, I've been stabbed, I've been bitten. Not by my dogs, of course. Two three-year-long illnesses, both times pronounced terminally ill. One was stage four lung cancer, and then part and parcel of that, I created so much that came with it. Homelessness, severe drug addiction, horrible depression, isolating myself from everybody I know and love, and going through it all alone, except, of course, for my beloved pit bulls. They've kept me alive. It's been a wild and crazy ride, but honestly, it's been one hell of a blessing. My friends, my dear friends, the WWE superstars, UFC icons and legends, the leaders of the Hells Angels, the Navy SEALs, spiritual leaders, movie producers, musicians, they say I've used up my ninth life, but I know that I have one more left and it's gonna be the best one yet. Life's simple these days. It's just me and my pops and doing the best I can for myself. For my dogs, of course, and for as many people as I can. Part of that is I love doing my podcasts. I'm told they're equal parts inspiration and entertainment. It makes me feel like I get a chance to give something back. So my greatest hope and my biggest goal are one and the same. To take all these ups and downs and combine these experiences into something that looks like hope, strength, maybe even a little bit of wisdom. It'll all be in my book, Little Big Man, and that drops later this year. Until then, please join me on my YouTube channel at Rick Bassman and please subscribe or listen on your very favorite podcast platform. Three new podcasts every week, one each of the Cancer Warriors, the Pitbull Podcast, and Talking Tough. Hey everybody, it's Rick Bassman here for another episode of Talking Tough. Home tonight, uh, as I usually am during these podcasts, it has been a long freaking week. Uh, by all means, not all bad, though. A lot of the ups and downs with uh, the after effects of the radiation, but, you know, it's all good. Um, my head's in a pretty positive place. My body may not be in as great of a place, but hell, it just gives me a lot to uh, to shoot for, a lot to aspire for aspire to. Um, we're a week after our last episode with uh, the smashing machine, Mark Kerr, very well received as Mark uh, journeys toward the big screen where he'll be portrayed by uh, none other than our mutual pal, Dwayne Johnson, aka The Rock. Now, these are some pretty famous names I'm dropping here, which brings me to our guest tonight. He's not that famous. But if anybody should be, this guy sure as hell should be. If for nothing else, then for being like a real fucking person. It, in this world where people are posturing and posing all the time, and you guys know what I'm talking about. No reason to name names. We want to think the best of every single person we encounter, of course. Um, you meet that rare person who's just, for better or for worse, Oftentimes worse, oftentimes better, myself included. This person is always real. And I've always, like, in terms of friendship and people I like, I've always been very attracted to that. So I, I meet this guy 20-some years ago, maybe 30 years ago, on a kind of like happenstance road trip uh, to Oregon. And we become buddies right away. And all these decades later, 
um, for many ups and downs, way more ups than downs, and for many incarnations of our friendship, I get to know this guy who is just like a different kind of dude. Um, incredibly smart, although he will never like go out of his way to portray himself as that. Just very down to earth, um, like a student of life and like a student of everything. I mean, medical degree, master of business. I mean, amazing what this guy has and what he's done in his life. Um, and like me, like Mark Kerr, um, this incredibly smart, incredibly successful guy has like plummeted to the depths of hell. And I know he won't mind me saying that because he backstage listening to this as I'm winging this introduction. Um, he'll be the first to tell you about it, not wearing it as a badge of honor, but more like just wearing it as a badge of honesty to, uh, you know, not only keep himself where he wants to be, but to help and inspire others, which at the end of the day is what this show is all about. So people oftentimes throw around that term renaissance man, you know, someone who's kind of like been there, done that, uh, achieved great heights, plummeted to the bottom, come back to the top with like a, a whole new passion for life and an interesting life. So all that said, I want to introduce one of my best friends in this world and a guy who, in my humble opinion, embodies the term renaissance man, my dear friend, Joey Trujillo, or as you'll see it on screen, Dr. Robert Trujillo. And you Joey, doing? you are on, my friend. Good. Thank you. Awesome to be here. <laughs> yeah, man. This is cool. Um, I wonder if it's going to be weird for us, man. We like, we, <laughs> we shoot the breeze or shoot the shit so often through our friendship. And now, like, here we are doing this on a show. Um, but uh, yeah, well, this, is, this is real life, you know? This is what yeah. we want to talk about. Yeah, no, no. Okay, what's going on with you, man? What's happening? How's your day? How's your it's life? It, my life's, you know, it's like everyone else's life. There's, uh, it's, some days it's really mellow and calm. And other days, you know, it's a roller coaster ride. But, you know, it's it's how I think about it makes a huge difference how I deal with life, other people, everything. It makes a huge difference in how I feel. And that's what I, I strive to do is just to feel better, you know, feel good inside and be happy and content with the life I'm experiencing. Well, it's your sure. choice, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're diving right into it here. So you talk about this roller coaster and some days are mellow, some are the, the rocky ride. So when you have like one of those days where everything goes wrong, like how how do you how do you receive that at first? Do you get all pissed off? Do you get upset? Um, how does it, what does that look like? Usually, usually not. You know, I've learned something over the years is I don't talk to myself so much. You know that little chatter you have in your head where it talks to you and and you have to figure out all these problems. At some point, I realized that maybe my thinking, my deductive reasoning, and the conclusions I reach in life aren't the best for me. It's not like I have to run the show and control all the characters in the, and be the director of my life. Sometimes it's, I'm just enjoying the experience. It's not like that every day, but it's definitely a lot easier having that approach to it. For so sure. Have, have you, have you always been that way? 
Oh gosh, no. <laughs> you you know that. Yeah, oh, I, I was always in charge. I know that. I'm asking yeah. for the benefit of our, of our, of our yeah, fellow friends that listen Yeah, we both know each other very well. No, you know, it was like always I had these expectations of myself. I had to get here. When I got there, I'd be okay. You know, all these things I had to achieve. And it just drove me crazy. You know, I would, cause it, I just never seemed like life was enough. And that, that was the struggle I was having. So I would do other extracurricular activities to fill that void. And it never seemed to work. Extracurricular activities like sign up for an intramural basketball league. or <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. <laughs> you could have the whole. Poster, you could have been on that poster, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As, as a man who played in a rock and roll band quite right. proficiently, and right. and God knows, did the other two very proficiently. Right. right. I know. It's it was it was it was an insane life. It was crazy, and the the last one to recognize it was me. The last person to recognize the life I was living was not in my best interest was me. And just something happened when I, you know, I woke up and said, this is not working. You know, how do you, how do you feel inside? Sometimes inside, I just felt so lost and alone. Other times I was trying to find things to fill that emptiness. And it was, it was a lot of, it's crazy how much work it is to do that, to live life that way. So I don't live that way. So these days you don't need uh, you, you don't need a pile of cocaine on your nightstand and and the playmate of the month in bed next right, to you. Right, right, with uh, a bottle of Jack Daniels. <laughs> or, or that, of course. Yeah. So, so, of so, course. so what? So what do you fill those holes with? You know, I, I you know, I find out I find things that I like to do. I love playing the guitar. That's one of my favorite things to do. So I play guitar. Um, I like to play pool, so I play pool. I like to read. I like to interact with other people. So I go, I go to social events, but you know when when the it goes down that path that I don't enjoy or I don't feel I want in my life again, I leave. So it's just a different approach to how I live because I love experiences. You know, I love the experience of life. I think. That's the, you know, we always strive. It's like when I get this amount of money, when I get this house, when I get this guy, when I get that girlfriend, all those things used to drive me to behave a certain way. And now it's about the experiences that I remember. <laughs> yeah, you know? I, think, I think that and exactly what you're describing how, how you process it and how you choose to look at it. Because, you know, it's like it's like the old adage that there's very happy, poor people and, and very miserable, rich people. So, you know, what's the difference? It's how they're looking. I mean, obviously, it's better if you have money. We both know that. Um, yeah, it makes it a little easier, less stressors, potential stressors in life for sure. But I don't I don't make that my priority into that. I have to have this and I have to have that and I have to work harder. I'm not working hard enough. I need to get more, you know, so I can have more. And it's yeah. just, you know, I, I set different boundaries for myself on how I live life. And it's actually, and this is the honest truth. I'm just way happier inside. Yeah, dude, I've seen you. I've witnessed you make that journey. Oh my gosh. I mean, in like very, very dramatic ways. And uh, it hasn't, you know, it, this is, well, I guess it is about you personally, but it's also about me and a lot of other people that I know and you know, and that we know. Mutual right. 
Right. Um, it's not always a, it's not always a straight line either. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Um, you know, one, one thing that I like to say, look, we, we both know people and how, how much, how can I explain this and sound somewhat coherent? We both know people that go, Oh my God, finally, I got it. I understand it. I get it. Um, you know, five years ago, you know, I didn't know anything at all. And then it's like, you, you go to that person. Yeah. But five years ago, you told me the exact same thing. You're me. <laughs> I, uh, I know. I know. I mean, right? And it's like, you know, it's like, I feel pretty good about where I am right now. Um, you know, not, you know, not only like on the surface with my house and whatever I have in the bank and all that. Um, like how I'm handling this cancer thing, for instance, you know, because the old me would not have handled it as well as I'm handling it now. But I also know that five years from now, I'll look back, providing I'm still here and say, ah, boy, you made that mistake. And that's OK. I won't condemn myself for it. Um, you could have done that better. You could have adopted this thought process. So the point is, one thing I've one thing I've learned is that I'm always learning and have a lot more to learn for sure. Right. And enjoying the time, exactly. enjoying the journey. You know, it's like, cause you don't have, I had so many expectations over on myself about everything, every aspect of my life. I had an expectation of what I had to achieve. And if I didn't achieve that, I didn't feel good because I wasn't here. And, you know, and that whole thing where you compare yourself to someone else and, and all that, it's just, there's no win in that way of thinking. There's mm -hmm. no win for anyone. And, this is a, you know, we have this moment to to be here. I'm sitting here with you talking like we always talk on the phone many times throughout the week. And it's just being open and honest. And we're honest about our struggles and our confusion about where we should go and how we should do, do deal with things and people in our lives. And, you know, it's just really nice to be open and honest about how I'm truly feeling and not having to put this facade forward where people so that people will accept me or think I'm this or think I'm that because my ego tells me, Oh, you got to be this. You got to, you want them to perceive you like this. And it's, I enjoy people much more too, because I don't have expectations as much of what I want from them. And I have to set boundaries, you know, for certain people, because there's certain people who aren't good for my life. They're not good for the way I'm living and the way I want to live. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty wild, man. Um, like, uh, like I really enjoy talking with you these days. I feel like we both come away from those conversations like always in a good place. I, at least that's my perspective on it. And, and and I I feel kind of <laughs> here. Help me with this. I feel kind of horrible and kind of guilty because I've been sending a, a good amount of calls to voicemail recently. I'm not sending them, just not answering them. So oh, I see yeah. names, I see names come up on caller ID. For people that I at one time in my life would have termed a good friend and maybe, you know, by all markers still might be a good friend. Right. But you kind of know if you answer that call, you know, they're they're calling me now because they saw my post about the brain cancer thing and checking in with me and, you know, yeah. and, uh, conveying conveying care. And I appreciate that. Right. But I know from my recent experience with these people that I'll answer the phone. They'll say, how are you doing? And they'll mean it. They'll be sincere. Right. But then it will switch over to an hour bitch fest about all the problems in their life. And it's like, if I'm set up, if I know that conversation is coming, I'll reach out to people that I know right. are having a tough time. 
but I'm finding myself resistant now to letting people in that I know are going to enter the room with a bunch of baggage in their hands. Right. Um, I understand. How do, you, how do you deal with that? You know, I don't, uh, I, I've set real clear boundaries of what we're talking, what our discussion is going to be. How do you I don't, I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear their story. I mean, I'm honest with them and you know, some people I offend, it's like, you know, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but maybe like, like me, I had to look at my stuff. Okay. Why am I going through all this? Why am I a victim? You know, I, I don't think I ever was a victim, but I sure thought I was. And, you know, I think a lot of people out there, you know, life can be a struggle and it's hard at times and you feel alone and you feel like you're a victim. But I think a lot of the problems I've had, in fact, I know a lot of the problems I've had in my life, I brought on myself. I brought on myself for whatever reason. I needed something to make me okay. And I made a bad choice because sometimes I want a temporary fix to a long-term problem. You know, and that's that's substances do that. I want a temporary fix because I want to escape. I don't want to feel this way. And, yep. and feelings, you know, it's like, am I making my decisions based upon feelings? And the question always becomes that I've learned is like, are my feelings valid? You know, am, am, are they actually the right amplitude for the, the situation I'm having to deal with? Or am I emotionally a little out there? And so I have to, I, I spend a time talking to other people and we have group groups of people like you, I can call and talk to you and say, Hey, this is going on. What do you think? And you'll be honest with me. You're not going to just kind of pat me on the back. Poor you. You're going to say, wow, well, that was a dumb choice you made. And that's, I think it's nice to have friends like that. It's nice to have a place where you can go and share honestly and not have any expectations or present yourself in a certain way. I can just say, look, here's my inner struggle. Because if I don't have inner peace and I'm letting the outside, you know, we're so defined by our outside world a lot of times. I was for sure. It's like I had these things defined how I was and how I felt inside. Well, why don't I work on me inside and be okay and just accept things, not have so many expectations and not have so many expectations of myself. But I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm controlled by all these things that are out there because I give them control. You know, I give them that power to control how I feel. It's easy to say it takes practice. You know, it's like anything you do in life. If you practice being a victim you're going to be a victim. I don't know how much you know about neuroplasticity of the brain. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, basically, it's if I practice to say, say my response to a certain scenario is get angry. Mm -hmm. All right. What the brain does is it likes the path of least resistance. So it makes that track a strong pack. It's like a path. It's like lifting weights. If I'm going to work out only my biceps, I can't expect my triceps to be well-defined. I'm going to have huge biceps and little triceps. Well, the same thing happens in the brain. If I practice a certain behavior over and over and over again, guess what I'm going to do when I'm faced with a specific scenario? 
It's like building muscle. Absolutely. It's exactly the same. And our brain does the same thing. But the, the amazing thing, and this is what helped change me, is I realized it doesn't matter. People say, oh, your brain stops growing and women like 27, 28, whatever. Men, you know, we're, uh, we stop uh, earlier, like 24, 25 around. And it varies between person. But the, that just means you stop making cells within the brain but you don't stop making pathways. You make pathways till the day you die. You can learn something new as long as your brain's functional till the day you die because you're making new pathways. Uh, It's a bit of a departure, but tell us about your medical background real quick, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, I went to school, UCLA, UC San Francisco. I did, went to UC Irvine, did fellowships, uh, uh, I've been in multiple hospitals. I worked at Cedar sinai I worked in Nebraska. Uh, I worked at Long Beach VA. Uh, I practiced uh, anesthesia, cardiac anesthesia, interventional uh, pain management for about 30 years. And so I've seen, you know, I've, I've dealt with a lot of sick people. I'm in a tertiary care center and it was just a wonderful career. Uh, just the experience, a lot of stress, a lot of new knowledge coming out year after year, but that's pretty much what I had done, you know, and I, and I, I was able to take that and do really some amazing, wonderful experiences by being an anesthesiologist for the tiger sanctuary up here. So I was able yeah. to. Uh, it was, just, I was so nuts, man. You sent me photos on that stuff years ago when you're I'm like, that is the greatest, <laughs> nuttiest thing, man. Oh, it was so wonderful. Cause you p- put these animals to sleep that one. And the crazy thing, when we operated, we're in a cage, we're inside a cage. And, and the people who fed the animals, they had an agreement with me that if the animal woke up, that they would jump in front of me because they'd be less likely to eat them than me. <laughs> All right. This, something that's occurred to me. I never thought of this till now. So that's when they wake up. How do you approach them in the first place before they're asleep? Would you, oh, you, dart them. you put them in a squeeze chute and dart them. Oh, you dart them. Okay. Yeah. So you give them some medication to make them drowsy. And okay. then you carry them out. We'd have to put them in the back of a truck on a stretcher and wow. drive them to the operating room. And it's not even, like I said, it's a cage. It truly is a cage. It's a room with a top cage, side cage, everything. And then we'd carry him, put him on the table, and I would uh, gas him and intubate him. Yeah, you sent me some great photos of that throughout the years. That's nuts. So you're like, you're about as high level anesthesiologist. I know you've been chief anesthesiologist at some big hospitals. Um, so very, very high level in that field. And and from my considerable experience in the medical field as a patient, mind you, um, it's always been my impression that anesthesiologists' knowledge appears to me to be quite a bit broader than, than most doctors and surgeons that I meet. Um, uh, yeah, they, we all learn different things. You know, I apply my, my specialty is applied to pain management, which I love you know, interventional stuff as, as well as just general anesthesia. And I love cardiac because I can do cardiac echo and I, and that's just really fun to do to when they put a new valve in a heart, you can echo it and make sure it's functioning right and measure flows through the valve and valve areas and all these things. But it's just, it's the experience. And that's what I was talking about. The experience of life. Uh, I think we're all capable of much more than we give ourselves credit for. It's just we have this fear of actually 
searching out for it and just saying, I'm just going to learn this. Because honestly, my job is, it can be technical, you know, but after years of doing it, it becomes relatively uh, common knowledge to me. It's just kind of simple in some ways. Well, it's but, second nature, I'm sure, after a while. Yeah. Right. yeah. What's that? I was sure it becomes second nature to you. I would oh, think. yeah, for sure. It's yeah, it does. It, but it's, and I, and I think that that's with a lot of people. You know, they say, oh, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. Oh, you did. You know, it's like, don't compare yourself to anyone. Do what, if you have a dream, go for it. Because I'm telling you, playing guitar, anything you want to do, it just takes time and commitment. And well, yeah, can... I, I've always noticed that about you because you, you like, you tripped me out so many times over the years. Like, I don't know, well into your 40s or 50s, maybe. I mean, you've always been like at least an average physical shape. And all of a sudden, like you're on stage in a bodybuilding contest, like shredded and jacked. <laughs> Why? Oh, <yeah>. <laughs> how, <laughs> how old were you, first of all, when you did that contest? What's, what's that? How old were you when you did that bodybuilding contest? 40, 42, I think. Yeah, so why? And what was, what was that all about? Uh, you know, I just, I've always done martial arts and I love working out. Right. It's just, you, you go to the gym and you work out and, you train with these guys and you see these guys, you know, just, it's just the commitment. And it's like, Oh, I want to say, I'm not physically as big as a lot of people. So I just physically, I just wanted to do it. It was just one of those things I wanted to try one time. I'll never do it again. Just so you know, <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Yeah. yeah, it's brutal. And, but I appreciate what these people go through who do that. You know, I know it's, you don't get, anything in life without putting in the commitment and time and and effort and so the guys who work out all the time they work out you know to stay that way and to look that way so i applaud them it's it's a wonderful you know goal to have because and, and you did it you wanted to experience it once so you did you've always been like a vision quest kind of guy and and then like so you have this long very long very successful medical career and then like you just decide you're suddenly I think in your fifties, going to get your MBA, Master of Business. Oh, I got that in my forties. Forties. Yeah. Okay. Oh man, you were so young. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So why like, not? Yeah. I mean, why? Why do I have to adhere to society's boundaries? You know. No, you don't. I, no you, one and does. I have, you and I have never done that. But no, um, we haven't. But again, why? What, what? What was the motivating factor there? You're already successful. God knows you made a lot of money. You got your giant property and your giant house and all the fun stuff that comes with it. Why it put yourself through that? Why get an MBA at that point in your life? What's that all about? Because one of the things is it really struggled with when an example is when I was doing cardiac anesthesia, they didn't have transesophageal echo where they put the probe down. You can echo the heart. They didn't do that because they didn't have the technology. Then the technology came out. So some of these young guys were coming out of training and they knew this, had this skill and I didn't have it. And I go, wow, I need to learn that. So I went back to the University of Nebraska and did their cardiac echo fellowship because it's, it's, I, you want to be the, I want to be the best I can be, especially in that field. So that was, helpful. Taking, that was helpful for your actual daily Oh, absolutely. oh man, and and well, in see, that, makes sense. that makes sense to me. I get it. You yeah, want to be the yeah, best. It was one of the the smartest things I ever did because I can instead of 
guessing how the heart's functioning based upon their blood pressure and things that are really not good indicators of how the heart is pumping, I can actually look at it and say, oh, oh, shoot, they need more fluid or they're having a heart problem. It's not the pump ain't working right. I can make the diagnosis immediately and thus I can take better care of patients. So sure. you're you're excelling even more at the career you already excel at makes all the right. sense. It makes all the sense in the world. Still, I admire it. many people just do what they have to to get by. But why? Why after all the success as a doctor, why why a master's of business degree? What was that all about? What well, drove, you know, what medicine, drives medicine definitely became a business, but I always I always wanted to understand the numbers. I wanted to understand the whole process of how businesses work because they're fascinating. And the only way I felt, you know, I like to go to school. I like to go learn from people who already put the time in figuring out the information of what you should know if you're going to do this, you know, go into business or do whatever. So it's instead of recreating the wheel, I would go learn from people who had the knowledge. It's like anything. If somebody plays guitar who's better than me, I want to go play with them because it's not my ego. It's like they know some things I don't know. And maybe I can pick a little bit up and be a better player. And it's just kind of that self-fulfilling dream of like I, I tell people, just do whatever you want to do. I deal with um a lot of kids, especially when we had the, the little gym down here. And I would just tell them, you can be anything you ever dreamt of being as long as you put the work in and you stay committed and you don't get sidetracked, which we see a lot of, you know, people doing, especially now with all the stresses, the drugs and the, the girls and all the other things, which, you know, I'm, I, I'm not perfect. And I had my, day of struggles as you well know oh, dude, I, I do so let, let, let's go let's go there for a minute if you don't mind okay no i don't mind I'm you're you, you can we can make this like super cool and I, I, I know you're the last person in the world that's trying to impress anybody i know that but if we wanted to we could write down a super cool impressive list of your accomplishments and all of that the other side of the ledger <laughs> It's been pretty ugly, no? Oh, um, like as much as you're comfortable, like what 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 are like what are the depths? What do the pits look like for you? What what'd you do? Where did where did you fall to? And let's talk about that a bit. Sure. And then let's get into Absolutely. how you got there. You know, I was always striving to I had to fulfill that emptiness inside of me that I thought, you know, outside world would fill it. And so, you know. But, you know, in the business that you were in and I was able to partake in, as well as just people I got to know, I chose a certain crowd because, you know, I was so busy doing the doctor part of it that, you know, I just I needed a quote. I wanted a release, you know, and I grew up in Los Angeles and. You know, I wasn't, we weren't wealthy and it was a struggle and had a lot of past things go on back then. But it, it was like, it was a place that I felt safe. You know, I felt like I belonged more because the doctor world, you know, it was just, it was, it was wonderful and different, but I didn't always feel connected to a lot of the people. 
because I grew up in a different environment than a lot of them. So I just, you know, I always say, oh, I'm just a street kid who studied hard. You know, that's that was my story. Whatever it means, I don't know anymore, but that was the story I would tell. So I would, I like to hang out. I grew up with the thugs and the criminals and the drug addicts. I mean, I grew up with that and it was a comfortable place to be. And I thought that would fill my emptiness that I had while I was, even though on the outside, people are going, oh, wow, look at you. You're successful. You have this, you've done this. It's like I had that struggle just took over and you get to a point where, you know, some people have the problem. Some people don't, some people can do it and say, okay, that's not working. I'm done. Unfortunately it runs in my family, the alcoholism. And so I became a crutch that I used when I didn't like how I felt. And okay, so, so sorry to interrupt. So you grow, no. you grow up in what could be termed a, a disadvantaged upbringing. Sure. And you rise above that. Right. You become, by, by all outward markers, very successful. Right. Um, your title, the, the 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 stuff and the things you bring into your life and gather. Right. So you come from here, you rise to here. Right. And then what happens? And then it's like, you know, you get physically tired, you get mentally tired, you get emotionally tired. It's like, oh, my God, you know, it's so much trying to keep up with the facade that I thought I had to keep because that's then I, because otherwise I wouldn't be quote successful. Good. I wouldn't be good enough sort of say. So, uh, you know, and, and to be honest, it first started out, it was just fun. You know, I go to concerts, have a few drinks, you know, Friday night comes along, you get a little, you know, drink a little too much. And, you know, I wasn't, an angry drunk or a mean drunk. I just was a dumb drunk. <laughs> you no, you were always you were always fun though, man. I remember like you know, <laughs> you know, like, you know was I, I'm gonna let people here know that you know Joey Joey came in as a major contributor, investor, not just investor, but contributor in many ways to uh the mixed martial arts company that uh that I had. And first of all, even though your investment was supposedly a passive one. You're you're a very good promoter, by the way. Um, and you got a, you became a major partner in in our mine and Tom Howard's crazy gym, uh, right. Ojo, um, probably the, the most state of the art mixed martial arts gym, probably in the world at that point. Um, and you were you were really good at that. Um, you were one of those guys. So it's like we had people that would invest, but you kind of sometimes want to keep those people away from your core group because the fit right. is weird. Um, right with the crew that we traveled with, you know, the boss Rutens, the Butterbeans, um, you know, the Mark Coleman's, uh, the Roddy Pipers, so on and so forth. Dude, you fit in from like day one. Um, it's like you, you weren't like, Oh, the doctor who's investing money guys. So let's be nice to him. People are like, I fucking like that guy. man. He's right. like, uh, he's like one of us. So right. you, you were like that from, from day one. Um, but you fell into it because we were all into it at that point. And yeah, we were all into it. I, I would, I would not presuppose to say that we were bad influences on you. I think, I think, oh, I, think, I, I made that choice, my friend. You were already there. Man. I made that choice. Yeah, I was already there. It just, we just kind of fed at each, off each other and said, "Okay, what, what next crazy thing can we do? <laughs> What's the new experience?" You know. And that's kind of how it was. That was just, 
and it, you know some great times, some wonderful times we had. They weren't. It wasn't always just this dark thing at all, at no. all. You know, it wasn't. But you know, sub, substance addiction and alcoholism is a struggle for a lot of people, and I totally get it. I totally understand it. You know, being in that black hole that you don't see a way out, and it's like, why am I doing this? Why do I keep doing this? That's called insanity. Doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome. That's insanity. And, you know, I became a little insane at times. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't always a negative outcome by no means. But how I felt was more the negative outcome because it just it just took over me. And I felt there was no way I can get out of this. And you get you get very sad. You get very alone. And for sure, man. Um, yeah, because I, like you said, you weren't, you weren't angry. None, none of us in our crew were like that. Um, we would do some stupid shit, no doubt. Yeah. Um, but not we have, we have stories. We have stories. Didn't you used to go around biting people? No, that was stuff on gambling. We'll go around yeah, biting people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. God loves <laughs> we should, yeah. we should call Sean, Sean O'Hare would always always tell me he'd always go, you know, I can have you anytime I want you. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. It was fun. It was so fun. And I totally get along with them because I understood you guys were me. You know, it just we had a great time. We we're trying to achieve something, and it was it was a wonderful ride. Oh. You know, but then you get the the you know the the darkness of things, alcohol and so forth, and the lifestyle. Got to change the lifestyle. Like I don't live that way, and I haven't for quite some time. I don't. I I choose not to do that. But I still enjoy life immensely, and I still want to experience things, and I still want to go places, and I still want to say, "May I haven't done this? Maybe I should." should strive toward achieving that. You know, Just, I, I, I love that about you, Joey, because you see a lot of people that like kind of come out the other side, right? So let, let's for a moment credit ourselves as two guys that kind of came out of the other side. I think that's very legitimate. Um, you know, but then like what's left, right? We're, we're in our sixties now. Holy shit, man. How did that happen? Well, we are. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, wow. It's pretty crazy. How did, that, how did that happen? How do we make it to that age is probably the question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No kidding. Um, how did I survive myself? <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I look at a lot of people that, you know, make it through, like, you know, I do this, one of my other podcasts, the cancer warriors right. is it's not only about, talking to people that are like in the midst of their cancer experience and trying to, right. you know, share hope and experience and strength This kind of the same motto you hear in AA and NA and all that. Um, right. But it's also for those who have made it through, they're now in remission, but they think their lives are over. And it's like helping them like understand that you, as cliche as it may sound, you can still live your best life. So I, I've always loved that about you. It's I feel like you and I, it was like, I have cancer. I have brain cancer right now. And like, I'm excited about so many things. And, right. and I know you're always in that mode too. It's a great, is that like, is that like just a natural disposition? Do you think? Um, or is it, is it more learned or, or maybe more important? If it's not a natural disposition, can anybody learn that 
and make that part of their being to get to a point where no matter what they've experienced or what they're experiencing, there's always something to look forward to. Well, I think a lot of it for me takes relationships with other people, you know, and it's not just me trying to figure out that's the key is I'm not trying to figure this out anymore. I want to experience life and enjoy what I can, how I can, whatever, uh, whatever is still left to experience. I'm not done and I don't want to be done. And I think a, a lot of people rely on themselves too much to find the solution. And there's to get around people who like you and I, we can talk about it and we, we can laugh about the dumb things we did. I mean, they're very serious and scary at the time, but in retrospect, we can laugh about them, but um, it takes, it takes other people and finding people who have common ground, who understand. Cause like you and I, if we shared some of our stories with someone who didn't go through any of it, they wouldn't think it was that funny. They wouldn't no, think it was that funny. It, it would just, it would just be nuts to them. And my experience is, and I think you and I talked about this not, not long ago is that, you know, people that haven't been in the shit or faced, you know, faced challenges at a, at a base level. First of right. all, God bless them and lucky them. So good for them. Um, how they, they can't, un they just don't understand it. And I don't need them to today. No. I don't need them to understand it. I'm okay with them not understanding it. You know, and you find, find things that you share with certain people. And that's just how it is. I have some great friends that I don't share all my stories with. There's very few people. I, you know, I can count on one hand, the people I absolutely share all my secrets with all my things that I feel bad about, but you know, at some point you got to forgive yourself and move on because I can't live in the past. I can't worry about the future as much because the past will get me depressed. The future will give me anxiety. So why don't I just, enjoy the moment and try to do the best I can and not have an expectation of where I'm supposed to be. Man. So, so that sounds like peace truly coming to that, that that's uh, uh, intellectually. I absolutely understand what you're saying. It's something I aspire to for sure. And I do feel like I'm making progress. So that that's great. And I love that. I get it. If there are people out there watching this, and listening to this right now and they're like wow yeah that sounds really cool but why am i depressed all the time when i think about the past and why do i have so much anxiety when i think about the future you're like what what tools could they adopt like today to help them on their journey to live to live in the present well you know i i talked to a lot of people about these issues uh, i also studied hypnosis i did that for for a number okay. of years yep, and um, and and i and i try to get them to understand that you're not gonna you're not gonna figure it out you know your thinking isn't gonna solve your problem okay it's not gonna make you feel better and what i tell them to do is to you know you gotta learn and this took me years of practicing I don't listen to my thoughts all the time. You know, when you're lying in bed and you get those 
you're it's like flushing the toilet and you're kind of going around your brain almost trying to go down the drain but it never makes it it keeps circling and circling and those thoughts and that craziness and the insanity that goes on it just you bring on all this anxiety and all these horrible feelings and you know the world's going to end and all. it's like guess what why even go there you got to learn to not even talk to that. That part of your brain, of your thinking, is not your friend. It plays a role at times because, you know, you got to think about possible outcomes of certain behaviors. But a lot of time, it doesn't serve us any good purpose except for make us depressed or make us fearful. We get fearful of life, you know. And so I, I teach these people to not go there. It's like, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to figure it out. You know what? I'm just going to not go there. I got to shut, learn to shut that thing off. And I even would grab it when I first started. I'd grab the, that part of my brain and throw it in the chair next to me and tell it to shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's great. Now, see, now that, dude, that's a tool. It's like there, there's, um, there's this muscle that I've been exercising that if I start to go there, you know, the kind right. of thoughts we don't want. I tell myself or either or say out loud, stop. Right. Like an exclamation point. Stop. Right. Now turn it. And it's like I can usually do that pretty fast now. And it's, you know, it's like think about it this way. And you know this, but anybody, anybody out there, think about it this way. If you're not listening to this podcast or watching us right now, if you're just sitting there with no stimulus. Or no saber-toothed tiger make putting you in immediate danger of losing your life. You're sitting there right now. You have a choice. A choice to feel any way you choose to feel. And it's like, think about it this way. Sitting here right now, we could choose a thought. We could choose to choose a thought that makes us sad, angry, depressed, resentful whatever you want to, you know, whatever right. words you want to put in the negative column, or again, with the same lack or absence of stimulus, right. we can choose a thought that is happy, hopeful, um, anticipatory. I mean, good words in the positive column, right? So right. that's our choice. So when I find myself these days and I'm, I'm far from perfect and I'm always working, yeah. to get back, but when I find myself in that negative column, I say, stop, turn it. And it's like, it sounds maybe really overly simplistic to put it that way, but dude, it fucking works. It yeah, really because works. You, pra you practice that behavior. And yeah. the thing yeah. is that if, if it's how I feel, see, if I just had these thoughts, one, I don't, I don't dwell on those thoughts because that's actually not a good thing for me. Sometimes I'll go wash the dishes or mow the, do something, some simple task to get myself out of my head. Yep. So I'm focusing on something else. Yep. But the thing is, it's just like the brain thinking, our emotions, we train our emotions to be a certain way. I don't know how much anatomy and physiology, there's this thing called the limbic system with deep structures within the brain that produce all these different hormones, connects to the pituitary gland and all these different things. And the adrenal gland, all these things, they're all connected. And they, once we train them, again, certain scenarios, we train that endocrine system to secrete certain hormones. This is what I believe. And I've studied this for a while, to secrete certain hormones. So we're going to feel a certain way when we think about a certain thing. So guess what I have to do? I have to practice. 
one, not thinking about that thing or immediately sho shoving it on aside, putting it aside, however I choose to do it, the different ways you were talking about doing it. And that way I don't stimulate this feelings because feelings come from mostly our hormones and deep structures within our limbic system. The belief is, you know, they're all interconnected. It's really quite complicated. This reading, all these, I give lectures on the conscious mind and we're so, I mean, I've read a lot of philosophers and the philosophers, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, all these, they can't even agree on what consciousness is. They can't even agree on what the meaning of life is. They can't agree on anything. So, you know, these people just sat and thought and fig tried to figure things out. And how can we as just, you know, average human beings uh, figure this whole thing out and, and know how to be conscious and be happy? It takes work. It takes practice. Everything takes practice. So, again, if I practice not feeling a certain way because I'm not thinking about that thing, then guess what? The endocrine system doesn't make me feel like that so much. It doesn't make me as depressed. A lot of it's physiologic. And, you know, I call it endocrinoplasty. It's like neuroplasty. Uh, it's, it's, just, it's just how we're made. And, you know, it helps a lot to have people who understand you, care about you, uh, and to, to have the same experiences, to talk to them. Because it's like you said, we're talking about addiction and alcoholism and all that stuff. We understand it. We can talk to people and we get an idea. How did we change that whole behavior? And you can learn from them. Yep. You know, and, and, and I'm with you on that. Um, but I, I want to I steer away from that only a little bit. Sure. Yet staying somewhat on the same path. So what I try to do often is peel away everything that's external to what we have inside insofar as you know changing things for the better um right. like you know it, it, again back i won't dwell on the cancer thing but i have this like what i call the seven important components or crucial components to beating cancer to surviving and more, more importantly thriving and right. You know, I have this six-way tie for a second. This is all my own doing, so it's just my opinion. Yeah, um, yeah. But in the six-way tie for a second, you know, stuff you would figure like have the right medical care, um, you know, have the right nutrition. Um, one of them is support system, um, right. which, which I think you're talking about now in, in exactly in a different way, but it's still support system. So I think about, you know, back to the, the apex of my poor me experience. And, right. you know, God knows I was there, you know, when I, I can list this stuff off, like their badges of honor or badges of dishonor, you know, all at the same time, like extreme pain, deathly ill, depressed, addicted, homeless and isolated. So the last one was isolated. I had like, oh, except for my dogs, I have no support system Poor me. So uh, I can point back to a time I started to turn things Um and, and, and I want to really get into this with you, but I'm having trouble articulating the question, but I will get there. Um, the, what I have, again, that six-way tie for a second, what I have sitting alone in first place is self, because I believe it all starts here. Now, you know, I, you and I think are doing a, a good job about talking about the sort of things, the sort of tools people can adopt or adapt to help get out of whatever bad spot they're in 
by finding what works and exercising it, right? Because oh, it yeah. becomes, becomes part of what, and you that's exactly, I think, I'm paraphrasing what you were saying, but you were saying that. And it's part, it becomes part of your fiber, part of your being, you know, right. for you throwing it on the chair, for me saying stop. Um, what, what I want to get down to is you and I both know support systems are available. All you have to do is look. You know, anybody can walk into a AA or NA meeting, whether they're addicted or not. Um, there are all kinds of support groups that don't center on, on, on addiction. Right. They're all available. Um, but what, what I like to do is, and I want to get your take on this, is do my best to convey to people ideas about what they can do now, today, if they don't feel like they have any tools at their disposal because they could be watching us and they could say, Oh yeah, well, Joey's a MD and an MBA. And we heard Rick say he's got this huge property and huge house and, you know, and Rick's doing well now he's got a nice house and a big yard and a good job. And a good yeah, yeah. Look at them. How can they, right. So easy for them. Right. <laughs> but dude, It's like, <laughs> no. what, do you, what do you do when you got, nothing what can you do like one thing i i like to tell people because I, I think you were doing such a good job of saying it before you build on it you make it habit you make right. it part of your being and then it becomes right. easier and easier and easier right? right like you know people that are depressed and all the rest they're going to go out and probably be assholes to every person they come across right so that's a choice like one thing one of the first things i started doing joey to turn stuff around and i don't know how this hit me one day i'm like i'm going to make an effort no matter how I feel, no matter what a dick I feel like being to people, <laughs> right? I'm going to make an effort. The first five people I come <laughs> into contact with today, even if I have to fake it, which I did, yeah. I'm going to go out of my way to be as nice as I possibly right. can be to everybody. Right. And you know, you know what I found? You know, I didn't have any money. I didn't even have a house to live in when I was doing this. Right. right. I could barely stand up. My spine was so fucked up. But you know what I found after I was nice to that fifth person? I found that I naturally wanted to be nice to the sixth person. Exactly. So, exactly. You're practicing. <laughs> um, and you don't need anything for that, right? It's like no, you don't need anything. You don't need anything. You know, it's like we it's like anything. It's kind of like, OK, I got this mind that goes all the time. You know, it doesn't want to shut off. I can't stop it. It just thinks and it drives me crazy. It's like, well, do you practice? being quiet, i.e. like meditate. Do you have, do you practice it? Oh, no, 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 I don't practice that. You know, because I can't, because my mind's so busy. I go, yeah, but what if you could get two seconds of quietness in your brain, in your thinking, in your mentation? What if you get just two seconds in the beginning? You know, we're not very patient people. Mm. You know, we want, we want a fast fix. And unfortunately, or fortunately, it takes time, practice, effort to achieve something. And so, you know, I practice just lying there and then just having, you know, it's basically meditation, not falling asleep, but just trying to quiet the mind. And I like to go, I love the beach. You know, I grew up in Southern California. I love to go, I just imagine myself sitting on the beach, listening to waves, because I like the sound of waves. And I just imagine that. And try to quiet. It's kind of like sitting on the sitting next to a river and watching all my thoughts go by, but I don't grab onto one and pull it ashore. I just let them go by. And I practice this and I think I visualize 
within myself, within my mind, I visualize this actually happening. Instead of grasping onto those thoughts, I practice being quiet. And it, ta- it takes practice. Like I said, everything takes time and we have to have a little patience to achieve. For the oh, one day you just wake up and you're amazed. It's like, geez, you know, things are different. I feel different. It becomes easier the more you do it, right? But you so got to do it. It's like, it's like just get started. And, and for sake of clarity, you're not, I mean, you're not actually on a beach or at the river. This is no. what you have in your brain. You could be anywhere. Well, we visualize a lot. I mean, whenever you're thinking of something bad, aren't we like we're putting pictures in our brain, visualizing? It's usually we're visualizing all the stuff that stimulates our endocrine system to produce all these, you know, toxic (laughs) emotional feelings, you know, and and wherever they come from within the nervous system, within the endocrine system, or the combination of those two. We do that. We practice that. And if you practice that over and over and over, that's going to be your life experience. All right. So what about people, probably like me at one point, if not now, that are going to say, well, some people are just predisposed to be happy, but people like me are predisposed to be depressed. So I can't do this. Yeah. Where, where did that great thinking come from? <laughs> I mean, I said, OK, who told you that? You're the doctor, are you, so you know better truth to that. I don't know. Definitely, there is some truth to some people have a uh, predisposed to depression. Some are predisposed to anxiety. I mean, yes, that's true, but they can still improve themselves. Yeah, it's just it's just harder for us. We can still. Yeah, do but it. we're always comparing ourselves. And one, am I a victim? No, I'm not a victim. Two, does it take work? Yes, it takes work. Two, am I unique? And that's the thing. It's like we all like to say when you're in that state of mind, you're going, I'm unique. I'm different than every the billions of other people out there or I'm only like the ones that are depressed. And that's absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. I just think that's what you keep practicing. You keep practicing that, you know, sometimes there's medications and there's things they can do as adjuvants to that. But the bottom line, I believe, is you got to want to change. Yeah. Bottom line. And 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 who doesn't want to? Everybody wants to. I think. But it's I think everybody wants to. But it's, it's hard about, about grabbing on to it and making a decision just to do something, I think. Right. Right. And anybody is like, I don't know if you met my friend, Marcus Timmons. He was part of that collective group. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I remember Marcus. The black guy in the group. Yes. And yes, otherwise, very, very, guy. very kind yeah, guy. Big, big Herc or, or, big, or the, right. bed, the bedroom gangster during his porn days, whatever you want to. <laughs> yeah. and, um, I remember him. He was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Good dude. Really good dude. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great YouTube channel called Fresh Out, which is advice for people coming out of prison. Fresh Out. Um, All right. Yeah, Marcus went into, you know, hardcore federal penitentiary and, you know, it was not an easy place where he went, you know, average size guy when he went in and, you know, he'd characterize himself then as, you know, angry, upset. I don't know if you say depressed, maybe stupid, he would say. Um, dude, this guy came out of eight years of hard federal time, like happy and mellow and peaceful and looking like he's ready to step on a bodybuilding stage too, but that's a whole different thing. Um, or maybe not. He improved himself while he was there. Right. Um, and, and then you have 
you know, God bless them, the Kate Spades or Anthony Bourdain's of the world. And I'll always think of them in the same breath. I think they killed themselves on the same day a few years ago, who very wealthy, had a pretty large degree of fame, all the accoutrements to come with it, family, friends, admirers. What's the difference, man, between them and Marcus? I just, I think we can all say it's predisposition, um, but I think it's choice. I really do. I, do. I, really I think do. a lot of it's choice, uh, choice not to change. And you get in that comfortable zone. We all know the comfortable zone. It's a comfortable zone. This is how, this is what I do. This is how I behave. I've heard so many times people say, I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life. I'm not, I can't change. I can't change. They, but see, they define themselves as I can't. And that's not true. I think it should be, I won't. I choose not to. Because I don't believe there's, you can always improve things. You can, I mean, the way you feel. And the most important thing to me is the way you feel. It's not, Maybe you can't go get that new job, that job you always want. Maybe you can't do this, you can't do that. But you know what? You can help yourself feel better. And that is that is so important. You know, and these people who commit suicide, you know, they're they're they want to they have a permanent solution to a temporary problem and they don't see it. Oh, well, well said. And I think about so many close friends who made that decision that uh that I wish were with joining us on this show right now. I know the number of them I miss. Oh, the um, Sean O'Hara being one yeah. of them. You got I've got to miss that guy. I, love that. That. I, mean, I know what what I would give for him to be the third man in this discussion right now. Right, because the guy had all the gifts, and he made a choice that makes us sad. Of course, um, but we understand. I mean, because I, I was at a point, I mean, definitely in my deep despair, I was at a point where I was just done. I didn't want to do this. Oh, I didn't want to do this no more. Right, right. You know, we've all been there, and that's why we understand it. I'm not judging him on the choice no, he made no, because no. I get it. I could That could be me, but something inside of me said, that's not the solution, and you need to change things. And so, you know, let's all change together. You know, seriously, let's all support each other and be kind to each other. You know, there's some people who aren't going to be kind and some people who aren't going to change, but that's their choice. That doesn't define what I have to do with my life. So, you know, life's a wonderful gift when we learn how to enjoy it and appreciate it. Yeah. Well, dude, you know, that's that this this has been an hour and it is flown by man we could do this for hours and hours i hope people get something out of it and understand we don't have the we don't have the we have some answers of how we changed but you know you got to do the work and figure out your own path because everyone i think has a little different path a little variance to the the path to get to the goal of being okay inside oh, and that's the key without question uh, i think but I think every one of those people has at least one common denominator. And that right. is there is something available that will work for you. Well, some of the tools that you suggested and we discussed on here, people should try. You should try having a moment of quietness. Have a moment of practice not listening to the mind. Have a moment where you say, maybe my thinking isn't good right now. Maybe that one decision isn't a good decision. Maybe I shouldn't listen to myself. Maybe I should get some advice from others. Maybe I should talk I just, to other people who I, I trust. Just get started. Like something that you said that, re that really resonated with me is 
you were talking much earlier in, in our discussion about you realize at a certain point you didn't need to have this thing and that thing, you know, whether it's a car or whatever the thing is to make you happy. Cause you were, cause at one point in your life, in my life, well, once I have that Mercedes or once I have that girlfriend, everything will be perfect. Well, right. you and I both, <laughs> you and many other people watching know that ain't the truth. <laughs> no, uh, that, the truth. So I, I would say, I would challenge people who still might be thinking that way. And if you are, that's okay. It's all part of the journey. It is. I would challenge it by saying this. If you can find tools like some that I've suggested, some that you've suggested, others that are available out there in these support groups we're talking about, if you can find a tool or tools that work for you to make you feel a little bit better, as you were saying just a minute ago, I would say that the more you practice that and the more you make yourself feel better, the lot easier you're going to find that the Mercedes and the hot chicks fall in line. Yeah, I think well, it's like not, not that that's a goal. I'm just trying to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad goal. It's not a bad goal, <laughs> it's not a bad goal but no, you know, well, it's like it's, life gets, being, life gets better. You know, I'm honestly on a path of simplifying my life. Yeah. I'm over the big house and the fancy this and that. I'm kind of you know, it's it's. I like to have a few nice things, but that's it. I'm trying to make life simpler just because uh, it's so much work maintaining the lifestyle it's so much and and it never for me it never made me happy you know i was relying on outside themes to make me happy and now i'm i'm not so much and you know if you can live life like that i truly think you'll achieve more and get more outside stuff if you can live life that way and it, and it, and it just comes it's not because you think well if i live that way then i'm gonna get it <laughs> yeah. it's well, because you're working toward it. You're doing things. You're experiencing life. You're say, setting goals and working toward that goal. Never, ever. When I was when I was in school, people in high school, I'll never forget. Uh, a teacher told me I was never going to do anything. I told him, "Oh, I I wanted to become an electrician because that's what I went to college for. I wanted to be an electrician." They said they didn't think I would ever achieve that because I had long hair, played in a rock band, and smoked smoked pot you know and 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 i hung out with some thugs so you know they never thought i would uh, achieve anything but you know what i did is i made choices to change my direction and i changed my friends i changed a lot of things on where i was headed and you know i'm blessed today and look at the long-haired pot smoking uh but I'm happy. Managed delinquent, right? Right on. Oh man, dude, it's a the world is full of possibilities. We both. It know is. That. Um, Just know that for everyone. I'm still not where you are. I'm still all about um, material things, dude. I have. <laughs> it's I have okay. Two cars. I have two cars in my driveway. I mean, no. forget the fact that they're forty-four years old combined. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you know, one day you'll sell them, get rid of them, and get a newer one. The one you I don't want. care. I don't. Yeah, I, but it's like that's not what you're relying on to be happy. No, that's back back in the day, I used to re, we used to rely on those things to make get us happy. We weren't going to be happy till we got there. But why yeah. not be happy on the way to there? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, every, I'll cool. tell you, I, every day I don't think about my cars every day, but when I do, I think about them like this. They both, <laughs> run, they both run great. Yeah, and I have the pink slip on each one. There you go. <laughs> Not that they're either one's worth much because they're not, 
But every day, you know, from the guy who was very caught up, if you remember, driving the nicest Mercedes on the road in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was sure I had at one point, whatever. Right. Um, it's like, I'm so thrilled that I have these two old beater trucks now that I have no payments on. It's the greatest right. thing ever. Yeah. It's, it's all good. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't mean you, you need to stop striving to achieve to get those things. You, yeah. you don't need to, but yeah. you just need to find a way of being happy on the on the ride, on the path to that. It'd be, it'd be great to have them, but I truly don't care. That's the beauty. That's a beauty, man. And, yeah. uh, and, and anybody can come to that point for sure. I really believe that because God knows on a scale of one to ten for being pretty fucked up, you and I both were probably pretty solid tens at one point. Yeah. Oh my God. Talk about being lost. <laughs> and, I, and I think we're both doing okay right now. I, I, I would, um, in, in no way, shape, or form, I, I would only speak for me and not you here. I would no way, shape, or form say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a high level number one now. <laughs> no way. It's like, it's like no. I said, I'll, I'll always, always be learning. But one right. thing I do appreciate now, and, and I talk about this on occasion, is, you know, in, in the poor me times and in the times when there really was a lot of bad shit in my life. Oh, yeah. 90 percent self-created, of course. But, <laughs> right. none, but nonetheless, the circumstances are still the circumstances. Right. Whether, right. You create, whether you credit yourself or not, it's no fun being like sick and depressed and addicted and homeless all at the same time. Um, yeah. and when I started to come out of it, I'm like, OK, today. And I wouldn't really count. It's more metaphorical. But today there were 11 steps forward and 25 steps back. And it's like the the net the net for backward steps always exceeded the forward steps. No, for sure. And it is like and I remember a day during the pandemic and I wrote about this in this post I put up recently where I absolutely conscientiously or consciously noted noticed that, oh, my God. Today was my first net forward steps day in, in how many years? There's there you go. I know. I was, I was, you know, I go, wow, is he going to come out of this? I was, I remember those times. Yeah. So, but, 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 but here's my point. It's like, I get it. I get every, it. Every day now, I would, you know, brain cancer, whatever is going on in, in your life. You know, today I have two dogs that are, my five dogs that are at the vet for challenging things. There's always that's a step back. Um, brain cancer is a step back. Um, so there's two. But if I counted my steps forward today, there's a net positive for sure. Right. And the, the point of this is that, you know, I'm not at that number one now of, you know, being, you know, everything I'd ever want to be and hope to be. I'm not even going to rank myself. I'm a lot better than I was back in the day. Um, so it's always a journey to get better and better. But as long as you recognize that you're taking steps forward, you're always going to get closer to being that ultimate vision, what you have in your mind. Enjoy your journey, man. It's your life. And, you you know, it'd be much better to live a happier life than just to be depressed and sad. And that's the existence you experience. And that's what I'm trying to do. It's not always great. And I do have steps backwards, just like you. And some, some days are negative days, but overall, if you add them up, I'm moving in a positive direction. Yep. So I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to parrot what you said, but I want to make one adjustment to it. And this is, this is a credit to you. 
So you said you're trying to do that. I'm going to say that you and I are doing that. Um, I want to remove the word try from the equation. Oh, we are doing that. You're right. We are, we are, we are doing that. We and, are doing. and you know what, everybody out there, I hope you're doing the same, everybody and anybody listening. If you're not, take it from two of the most massive <laughs> fuck-ups you've ever looked at at the same time. <laughs> You can, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Oh man, Joey, so great seeing you. Great, you too. As always, love you, my friend. You too. And thank you. We'll talk soon. Peace. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Have a good night. Thank you all for listening. Whoever listens, appreciate it. See you soon, Joey. See you later. And everybody, that was my dear friend, Dr. Robert Trujillo. Joey, to me. Super, super wise guy, really wise. Um, but, you know, more than that, just a good dude. And everybody out there, we're all good people with chances to be gooder is not a word, but we can all be gooder and gooder better every day. Um, so glad to uh, do this edition of Talking Tough tonight. Wishing you all the very, very best until next week. So long.